and welcome to the Favourites podcast. Beginning to settle into our, our new house, uh, we moved in about four weeks ago um, and we've done lots of unpacking, uh, we've uh, got bookshelves up, um, we've got furniture in place uh, and this is increasingly feeling like it, it is home, it is our house. Uh, you know, that's one of the questions people uh, people ask you when you've recently moved is, is it beginning to feel like home yet? Oh, having the advantage of uh, Sarah and I being here uh, together, so it's the same people. Um, getting our own furniture in and, and bits of the house having a similar layout to our, our previous home uh, have helped us to feel at home quickly. Uh, actually, moving is exciting. Very stressful, isn't it? And there are also weird things that happen. You know, I, I've noticed this. You know, when you were selling your house, you had lots of people coming in to look at the house, and uh, if you could help it, you you got the estate agent to show them around. Uh, maybe you've had to do the showing around yourself. But then, as soon as you move, and visitors turn up. You start wanting to show them around your new house. You think that you'd be fed up of people traipsing around your house, but there's, there's something that you suddenly begin to act as though you are an estate agent and that you are, uh, you know, you've discovered these skills to sell the house yourself. And I, I find myself saying, do you want to have a look around? I, I don't normally say that to visitors. If you'd knocked on our door at Harvest Road, I'd have invited you in. We'd have had a cup of coffee. You might have come for a meal and then you'd have home, gone home again. I wouldn't have said, do you want a tour of our house? Wouldn't have taken long, it was two up, two down. Uh, but now people come, I say, do, do, do you want to have a look around? And then they say, yes, please, I'd love to have a look around your house. And you do this, this tour, don't you? And you, you start to give them facts and little stories and anecdotes about the place. Don't do that. You don't normally do that. Do you want to see the upstairs now? If I said that when you came round for a meal, you'd, you'd say, well, no, thank you, Dave. If I need to use the bathroom, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go up there then. I expect I'll see a bit of your upstairs then. I don't need to see all your bedrooms, but you get to see each one. And you pass comment, don't you? That's, that's just all normal and part of it. And I've done the same when I've visited. Uh, new uh, people in their, their new homes. And, and those comments are, oh, well, congratulations. I, I don't know what you're congratulating me for. I didn't build the house. I've only part paid for it. Uh, congratulate the building society who are financing this project. Congratulate the original builders. Congratulate the people that lived here before and have done such a brilliant job of, of uh, looking after the house and developing it. We like how we went to a moves. By the way, just to say, um, we love visitors here and you will get a tour for the next few weeks and that will probably, um, that will probably uh, tail off eventually. We'll get bored of the, the novelty, but, but do pop in to see us. But moving and being in our new house, 
it's got me thinking about home. And and I mentioned in last week's podcast that we were going to spend a, a few weeks talking about home. Home from the perspective of the believer. Now, this week we're going to talk about the believer's future home. And then in future weeks we're going to talk about uh, the church as a home. A place of welcome and rest and belonging. We're going to think about what it means to make God our dwelling place and what it means to inhabit God's word. And we're going to think about what it means for Christ to make our lives, individually and corporately as the church, his home, his dwelling place, through the Holy Spirit. And we're going to think about what it means to welcome others with that invitation to come home. Uh, but first of all, we're going to talk about home. And we're going to talk about a very famous Bible passage, John 14. Uh, John 14 verse 1 says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. Now the context to these very familiar words, often used at funerals, a far greater relevance than just funeral services. The context is Jesus' last meal with his disciples, that Passover meal that he ate with them the day before, the night before he died, the night he was betrayed. And, and as they ate that Passover and shared the First Communion, the First Lord's Supper, Jesus taught and explained to them that he was now going to leave them. Uh, speaking of his death, but not just his death, of his resurrection and ascension, that he was returning to the Father. And that's what causes them distress and worry. First of all, the distress of this thing ending in what looks like going to be tragic circumstances. They'd followed Jesus. They had realised that he was the Messiah, the anointed king, but they'd expected him to establish an earthly kingdom, to rule in power, to overthrow the Romans. And in fact, they'd very recently been arguing about the implications for them, who were going to hold the important positions in Jesus's cabinet. And Jesus says it's not like going to be like that. I'm not setting up an earthly kingdom. We're not going to overthrow the Romans. No, I'm going to die. And that's the cause of distress, this sudden uncertainty that things were not going to be as they expected and not going to be as they hoped. And that's why Jesus says, do not worry. Don't worry, because I'm going to prepare a place for you. 
home for you. And the first thing I want to draw our attention to is this, that the world as we know it now is not our permanent home. Uh, now, uh, there are different interpretations and understandings of how exactly uh, eternity and heaven will look. I think there's a lot of clues in the, the New Testament to suggest that there will be continuity as well as discontinuity from what we know now. So the Bible talks about a new creation, but there's also that sense of a renewing of creation, the new heavens and the new earth. So it's not that we float off in the clouds to somewhere different, no. Um, we look forward to a new world or the renewing of this world when everything is put right and evil is banished and creation flourishes again. Paul in Romans talks about the, the birth pains, the birth pangs, the labour pains of creation. But the important thing is this, it will be perfect, it will be forever and we will be with Jesus, we will be at home with God. That's what we look forward to, being at home with him. And that's what Jesus is promising here. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. In fact, I would suggest that the preparation is found, is seen specifically in his work on the cross, his death on our behalf, bringing forgiveness for sin as he bore the penalty and the defeat of death so that we are now reconciled to God, so that we can be with God and live with God forever. And that means that there is a temporary nature to life. Now it is it's that we're in rented premises uh, that the Bible talks uh, about us being like exiles or refugees of strangers and aliens. We don't have permanent residency here. And as I said, if we're looking forward to a physical new creation, uh, that's not so much uh, about this world there being anything wrong with the physical creation in and of itself. Now the point is that we live in a world where the powers and authorities that be, where the, the culture, where society, where the values, where the worldview, the philosophy, the beliefs, the priorities of this world are not the same as ours. When we see government leaders who make it clear that they have no concern about telling the truth and no compassion or care for the vulnerable, then it becomes very clear that this world as it is, is not home. We look forward to a permanent home. We look forward to a, a better home. And what that means is that life now should be shaped by that perspective and by what we know about our final destination, what we know about the home that we are moving to. 
we put our offer in for this house back in early February. So then there were five months that we had to wait, five months of solicitors and surveyors and all those people, conveyancers, doing all their work. And we had to wait. We knew that our time at Harvest Road was coming to an end, that we were going to move. We knew that that house was no longer our permanent dwelling place. And that affected our life over the past five months. We were making decisions. Decisions about whether or not to do specific work in the house. There were jobs that we chose to do because we needed to keep looking after the house whilst we were there. And because we wanted it to be pleasant and pleasing for the new people when they came. So we, we did some painting and things. There were other things that we didn't do because they weren't our priorities. When we were shopping for things like furniture and equipment, we were thinking about the new house, what would fit, what would work there, what would be needed there. saying yes to buying some things and no to buying other things because we were thinking about the new home. We thought carefully about our finances because we knew that we had to save. We had to save because we had to pay for the house and because we knew that there was work that we would want to do when we got here. That we were investing in our future, we were investing in the new home, not the old one. The same way the Bible talks about us building up treasure, not for here and now, but for eternity, for the new home. And so our decisions and our actions here in this world now, here in this life now, should be shaped, should be influenced by that future home, by what is to come. So think about what you know about the home that we are going to. How is that affecting your life now? How is that affecting the shape of your church life? And I want to draw our attention to one thing about the new home that we see in the Bible passage I read back in John 14. Jesus says there is more than enough room in my father's house or in my father's house are many rooms, or in fact many mansions, the image there is, is 
uh, not uh, not of a, a, a 21st century Western house in the suburbs of Birmingham with two or three bedrooms. Uh, no, 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 the image here is of a, an Eastern palace built out as a complex, uh, uh, practically a city with walls around it, with lots and lots of courtyards, with mansions around the courtyards, mansions within mansions. That's the imagery. And the point that Jesus is making is this. It's expansive, it's spacious. There's, as the NLT puts it, there is more than enough room for all that God will call to himself. That's a reminder of God's expansive, spacious, extravagant grace, that there is more than enough grace for you and me. That we don't have to uh, worry that God won't have enough love and compassion and mercy for us. That we don't need to be stingy with it either. I know something about the home that I'm going to. I know that it is spacious. And that God flings the doors open, flings his arms wide open and welcomes us in. And if that is what the home is like that I'm going to, then I need to prepare for that now. If that's what the home is like that we are going to, then we as a church need to prepare for that now. And we need to let the knowledge that we have of that future home shape the type of home that we as a church offer. In other words, are the doors, physical and metaphorical, flung wide open? Are our arms flung wide open? Do we give that message out that there is more than enough room so that all are welcome. So a personal message. We want our home to be open and welcome. We want you to feel that this is a place where you are invited, where you are welcome, where you can come and feel at home whilst you are with us. You may even get a tour. Uh, they won't always happen. They, they, the novelty will wear off, but there is always a welcome here in, in Great Bar. If you live locally, drop in for a coffee, for a meal, for a chat. Come and see us. If you live a bit further afield, feel free to stop off and see us if you're on the way somewhere or give us a call and arrange to come and and, and visit and stay with us for a bit. We, we love having visitors, we love having guests. But specifically I want to encourage you to think spiritually and to think from the perspective of your church. Is your church shaped and influenced by the knowledge of where we are going, the home that we are going to. In what ways 
for you being a, a church, being a home that is welcoming where there's more than enough room.